Hi there. This episode of Unfound Fears talks a lot about the end of life. Please use your discretion when listening. Hey, I'm Kurt Sanders. So have you ever heard of the Japanese term ikigai? There's this study that was done by National Geographic and it shone a light on the people of Okinawa in Japan. So Okinawans lay claim to what I think is a pretty awesome statistic. On average, they live seven years longer than people in the United States and about four years longer than us Aussies. Also, they have more 100-year-olds in their population than anywhere else in the world. Is it their diet, their living standards, medical facilities? Is there something in the water? Look, I'm sure they could all be factors in some way. Even a bite of a hot dog off the streets of New York can take a year off your life, and it doesn't surprise me that they're a few years ahead of the Yanks. But there is another data point that creates an interesting correlation. Okinawans are considered some of the happiest people in the world. And the study from National Geographic attempts to correlate that happiness and say it may be related to Okinawans' uncanny ability to live a long life. And they say it has something to do with the term ikigai. So, what does it mean? It roughly translates to a reason for being or a reason for getting up in the morning. Purpose, satisfaction, happiness and fulfilment. Pretty much all the things we here at Unfound Fears are trying to achieve through shunning fear, anxiety and stress. So is this it? Have we found our answer to an even longer and fulfilling life? Can I shut down the podcast now? Have we conquered death? Well, before I do that, we probably need to talk about death in context or, more to the point, how death can help us put our fears into perspective. Unfound Fears. I call it the death wardrobe and I write about that in my book actually there's a whole chapter that I've dedicated to what I I like to I don't think anyone else calls it that but it's what I call it that is Emma Jane what's this about a death wardrobe you ask no it's not a place to store the dead Emma as you may be able to tell is a death professional and a young one at that in her role as an assistant funeral director she does just about everything that needs to be done when someone dies from picking up the body, getting the person ready for the funeral, helping families make arrangements, everything. You may not have met the deceased yet at all, but you can tell who they are by opening that coat hanger bag. Um, it's going to have their suit or their, their, their hobbies are going to be in that bag. Letters, I, I think that is just so amazing. Um, they may not have worn a suit for 30 years, but I just really love seeing that final the final, I don't like to use the word, um, just, just to see them in their best, to see them with their things, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. I really oh. feel like everyone is at their most raw and true self in that moment. There's no more ego, there's no more um, regrets that people shouldn't worry about anyway, but everything else is gone. You know, and and that's who they are. And I just think that's amazing. Yes, death is indeed the great equaliser among us all. And while we can't all be like the Okinawans with their exceptionally long lives, we can find our ikigai, our reason to be. Just like Emma. Working in the death industry, she says, has been in her cards since she was just a little girl. It is something I can't even really explain. It's um, when I was a kid, I saw the movie My Girl. And there's a scene at the end where the main character runs up to the casket to pull their, her best friend out. Um, he's passed away. And I remember as a kid not even knowing. I grew up in a country town, so I didn't never been to a funeral, never seen a hearse, knew nothing about funerals. 
but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I had no idea that anything about it. I wanted to be a mortician and I wanted to help people when they passed away. You can't leave it behind. Um, you'll go to a normal, well, sorry, a regular job, maybe in the office or a cafe or a beauty salon, and you just think, this is so repetitive, this is so unfulfilling for me, I need to get back to the funeral home. So I really believe that some people are born to do it. My role is to help everybody. So I help the hearse driver, I help the casket maker, I help the mortician, I help the funeral arranger, and I'm too busy to even stress. If I stress, the funeral's gonna go to pieces. What a sense of purpose. How great would it be to know your reason to be, your icky guy? Emma loves what she does, so much so that she knew there was a deeper story to tell about the death industry. She's young and in a profession that to most would be considered morbid, cold and just plain creepy. But to her, that couldn't be further from the truth. Every time she went to a transfer, which is when someone has just died and the funeral company needs to collect the body, she would enter the home and see a narrative unfurl in front of her. Pictures on the walls, half-empty teacups with the tea bags still dangling over the side, a jacket hanging from the back of a chair, a crossword puzzle sitting unfinished on a side table. In that instance, Emma could piece together a story about those people, how they lived, their passions, the things that made them smile. The story of their life, and sometimes the story of their pathway to death, was put right in front of her to see. And yes, it is tragic in the moment, but Emma saw it as an opportunity to discuss what so many of us forget when we accept our fears and our day-to-day -day stresses. Perspective. And I'm always getting in trouble off my partner because we go in part pairs. Yeah. And it's really great because you work together full time for like um, on a roster, depending on again where you work, but usually for six months at a time. So you're like husband and wife. Yeah. And he'll be like, come on, stop looking around. We've got a job to do, but I just can't help it. You just, you know, there's so much about that person in that tiny room. Yeah, it's amazing. So she started a blog, Heels and Hearses, where she anonymously and always with respect told the day-to-day -day stories of being young and in the funeral industry. She gained readers, a legion of fans, then a book deal. It's a whole heap of new work. It is um, my journey as a funeral director's assistant, but also a few other things that I was going through. And the funeral industry saved me. It kept me going when there were days when I just thought I cannot do this. Um, it put things into perspective. Well, you're alive and you're not lying in that coffin, so keep going. So it's really about how death really saved me. It sounds really unusual, but it did. So I'll just chime in here with a bit of a stark reality. We've talked about finding your Ricky guy and how for Emma, being surrounded by death has given her a perspective that reminds her daily just how it's up to her to do the most with the time she has. Something like getting a book deal and a nice cash advance through pursuing something she is straight up passionate about. Sounds pretty damn nice, right? But when we break all this down to the most simplistic terms, and there's research from the University of Queensland to back this up, our will to live and conversely our fear of dying and the many, many individual anxiety triggers that go along with us from day to day stem from not discussing openly the very things we fear the most. The Western world specifically is bad at this. Accepting the things we can't control, like mortality and the many other things, is seemingly not in our DNA. So am I being too morbid? Maybe let's flip it around. What are the odds of your parents meeting? What are the odds of you being born? What are the odds of you being you? That's right, you're a goddamn beautiful miracle. Did you even know? 
you have about 30,000 days of life, so maybe finding and pursuing your ikigai, your reason to be, will help you tack on a few hundred more that are spent just like Emma Jane, in a life brimming with purpose, absolute need to help others when they're at their most vulnerable, and in its purest form, a life guided by empathy. So what's Emma's next move? Well, she's leaving the funeral industry, but it's for an emphatically noble cause. We have a lot of NSNAs, and that stands for no service, no attendance. That means people opt for no funeral or they didn't have any family to help them. So as an end of life dealer, what you will do, you will help the dying when they are diagnosed with a terminal illness and you'll be there for their family to help prepare for the funeral. So it's kind of a step before the funeral home. So that's where I've kind of um, got my vision at the moment is to try and help educate people more before they reach the funeral parlour. Death to me is the biggest teacher. Like, it is, we are all, everyone is so distracted. People have it wrong. People think that life is what is important. And of course it is, but it's, if you acknowledge death and you know it's coming and that is where we're all heading, people are gonna live their lives so much better. And that's Emma Jane's icky guy. What's yours? Email me at kurt at the We'll see you next week.